Episode 31, and we have one of the loveliest people in the yoga world, Celeste Pereira. Celeste is a yoga teacher with 15 years experience and a BSc in physical therapy. Her greatest passion is to teach anatomy and biomechanics to yoga practitioners and is currently doing a degree in neuroscience. She teaches vinyasa flow yoga primarily with her own unique twist, incorporating biomechanical and neurological drills to enhance performance. Celeste is wonderful. I've known Celeste for a long long time now you will massively enjoy her energy in this convo she is relentless in an awesome way enjoy the chat oh and just a little quick one for me just for context the episode was recorded just before christmas and guys remember if you want a discount on life for me mats code the hustlers all caps get you a little discount and we also have a sale on on our website thehustlers.com at the moment so check that out too Celeste, you are now a mo- like multiple author. Two books. Yay. Oh, not yet, my love. And you no. know, the first one doesn't count because I've got <laughs> like a little baby one. Only because, well, I wrote it myself. I published it myself. And I paid a lot of money to a lady to edit it because I'm so dyslexic. And then um, loads of people wrote to me. They were like, yeah, there's like a bunch of spelling mistakes still in there. And oh, like, no. Ah, whoopsie daisy. And you know what? Because it had taken so much for me to get that first book out, I didn't have it in me to go back and fix it. So I thought, you know what? It just is what it is. Loads of people gave me lots of good feedback for it. So I thought, whatever, it's out there doing some good. But the second book is going to come Hang on, before you move if... on, did you get your money back Ooh. from this woman? That's exactly what I was thinking. What a rubbish no, editor. I didn't even say anything to her. It's fine. Right, well, just let it be. What's she, her, na- what's her name? It. No, don't say Adam. <laughs> no, don't, don't say no, her name. No, let's do that. No, but listen, she, she did a good job in the sense that when I try and get things that are in my head out, it's very, very messy. Mm. But what she did is beautifully organized. Ah, so okay. In that sense, do you know what? She was worth every penny. And it was, it, at, at the end of the day, it's still my responsibility to pull it together. Mm. So, that, that, yeah, that, that, that must be a kind of a really nice intro into into writing a book. Like going, going, doing it alone without any pressure from anyone external must be quite a nice way to write a first book rather than suddenly, you know, cause I know there's lots of people who have like uh, Instagram profiles, etc., or have built a profile through other means. They get approached by a publisher and they're not, they've never really written a book in their life, but they're suddenly, they get forced into it and suddenly have to meet all these deadlines, high pressure. So this kind of, I guess, been the perfect lead up to book number, well, official book number one, which is book number two. Yeah. And what's that one? Yeah, so- the so yoga mentor. Be... Oh, sorry, sorry. We're already oh, on. The... So the yoga. No, clever. Yeah, you're right. You're so smart. If yoga mentor was book number one, because yeah, I, re- like... I read that one and I loved it. And I think I actually, I think I messaged you afterwards to say thank you because, oh. yeah, because so much. Of one, first of all, I want to say about the spelling stuff. First of all, I'm actually like this grammar Nazi, and I get, I used to get really annoyed with myself for getting spellings wrong and stuff. But reading your book, like your character, really shines through, and actually, it's, oh. it's just you come through in it. And so much of what you said was so helpful because I was quite a new teacher back then and I messaged you to say thank you. So yeah, that really helped me, that book. Oh, that really means a lot. And when I get messages like that, they really do make me think, okay, it was a good thing I put it out there because I grew up and uh, dropped out of school really young, like 16, and really struggled academically and always had this, uh, probably a little bit of a self-limiting belief that I was really stupid and I wasn't very clever. And um, so 
I just wrote the book because I really wanted to share what had helped me get to where I was. And but when I released it and when the thing started coming back about the spelling, I was like, you know, those old demons were like, you see, yeah. you're so stupid. Why did you do that? <laughs> and then so what really kept me going is messages, like you said. So thank you for taking the time to do that, Holly. That's Aww. very kind. Well, thank you for taking the time to write it. <laughs> and, and, no the, and the book number two process. How's yeah. that? Okay. Well, to be honest with you, I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, we are writing a book for um, hypermobile people. Mm. So it's called Too Flexible to Feel Good and it'll be out in March next year. And that I've really enjoyed and I was really inspired. Have you guys read anything from Jen Sincero? No. Okay, well, she's just a really cool writer, makes everything very lighthearted, really chill. And that was the inspiration for this book is because I often buy yoga books and I've got a lot of anatomy and beautiful diagrams, but I don't actually sit and read them. Mm. And when I read Jensen Cherry's book, she was so lighthearted and so quirky in her writing. And I was like, I want that in an anatomy book. Oh. And so maybe a lot of very sciencey people are going to be like, um, it's not so ultra accurate <laughs> because I don't use like super, I do use high tech um, anatomy terminology, but I try and intersperse it with just regular language that people can really get to grips with. And mm. I try to make it, well, me and Adela, not just me, Adele is my co-author. We try to um, make it quite fun. So all of the stability muscles are superheroes. Like, for example, uh, transverse abdominus is trans queen abdominus, and it's a transvestite. Um, <laughs> no <laughs> way. That wears a big corset. And, you know. <laughs> That's brilliant. We gave them all characters. Um, and then all the things that make a hypermobile person worse, like too much sitting, we've given them villain characters. So, for example, sedentary seductress <laughs> is one of our villains. <laughs> that is brilliant. This this is something that I need because I am not. So you said you're not very good at names. I'm terrible with anatomy me and I really have to keep relearning things over and over again and there is nothing out there that I have found really accessible so that is something that would definitely stick with me so I think you've really hit a hit a niche there well let's see how it actually translates to the reader um you know so far it's just been (laughs) us and the editors and everyone seems to be happy so far but we'll we might have to do a few tweaks when we start getting feedback um because exactly someone like you Holly was our target we wanted anyone to pick up the book and feel like I'm really learning something and I'm understanding my body, but it's really fun yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And that's, I think that's sometimes where yoga teachers try and kind of overwhelm people with their knowledge. Yeah, totally. Like I've been to classes, just open level classes and teachers will talk about, you know, and, and I talk about some muscle groups as, as, a t- you know, as part of learning in the long term, but they will constantly refer to the smallest the smallest muscle group, the most nuanced area Spinning of the yes, body. Yes, an artist. Yeah. An artist. <laughs> and, what is that? And it, yes, it's it's amazing that they know all these things, but the average student doesn't even mm. know what a bicep is <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Or didn't, didn't really understand what the, the, the difference between the top of the calf is and the bottom of the calf, calf or vice versa. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think there is very little in the middle, which I guess is what yeah. you're trying to target. Mm. A little bridge, you know, just yeah. to get, because, and I, I mean, who I, I'm very biased because I absolutely love the stuff. Mm. You know, I lie awake at night thinking about it. Oh my God, and I love that. So, yeah, it's, I'm so such a geek. It's Dreaming about um, it. Yeah, I just lie there thinking about the body <laughs> and it's just like, I'm obsessed. I'm really physically obsessed with it. But I know that other, like, for example, if I read, perhaps a contract that a lawyer had written, I'd get lost really yeah. quickly. It would be so overwhelming for me. And and we should be able to understand legal things mm. because it's in a part of our everyday life. And I feel like 
there really should be someone who's who's coaching us through you yeah. know things that we struggle with totally. and making it accessible yeah and like so a, that was the, like accounts as well i wish someone would have oh, taught me taxes. that oh yeah let's let's not <laughs> go down that route things. all of those boring important things yeah what, what was a writer you mentioned before and what does he or she write she she, Jensen Chero, Chero. She, wrote a book. Chero. she wrote a book, You Are a Badass. So like, oh, yes. Oh, I know her. You are a badass. I've not read that. It's on my list. You You're are a, a badass. badass. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, it's just a cute little thing about, like, you know, believe in yourself yeah. and that kind of cheesy stuff. But to be honest with you, the thing that sucked me in was just how funny she is. She's so she's so good at conveying complex things in a simple mm, way I think that's what makes a good teacher just being able to find different languages to apply to different students and just see what works and this is why I have signed up to um, the neuroscience course that I'm on mm. sorry I'm taking a bit no, of a shock fine. turn now into a different topic but the neuroscience course that I've signed up to by Dr. Cobb this is his absolute gift is that he takes neuroscience and makes it applicable to people mm, like us wow. and I mean, that's another man. I'm just like, wow, what a dude. <laughs> and so, um, again, he believes that a good teacher, exactly what you just said, a good teacher is someone who can take something really complicated mm. and distill it down so that you totally get how to apply the principles. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And there's a massive difference with kind of who you're teaching. Like, Are you teaching other teachers or are you teaching people mm. that don't need the same knowledge that you have? And that's a big difference, isn't it? Mm. What are you trying to actually teach that person? What do they need to know for their level of uh, of learning? So you started off as a, a dancer. I mean, I just like did a bit of dance in a college and I thought I was really good. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to go show my skills off in some auditions. And I think I did three. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm, I'm not cut out for this. Oh, so, so you just did it for the love rather than professionally. Well, I mean, I always in my heart believed that I was good enough to do it professionally. Yeah. But then when I saw the caliber of the dancers around me in these auditions, I was like, I need to put my feet way back down onto the ground and I need to figure something else out because, because you know, and you know what a big thing was for me was how dyslexic I was because I realized that learning things very quickly in that high pressured environment, I fell to pieces. Mm. Whereas they would literally be shown something three times and they would do it to perfection. And I was wow. like, I can't, I don't, I don't have that skill. If you gave me something and you gave it to me to prepare for a week, I'd come back and smash it. Mm. But obviously you no know, audition process doesn't give you that. And I realized that it's very important uh, to have that skill because when producers are putting shows together, they have to, they have to cram a lot of information into a very small space of time for the rehearsals and I just realized I, I didn't have the the minerals for the performing world oh. but it was good because you know what I always thought that's the life I wanted but mm. I'm so happy doing what I'm doing yeah so and, and how did you find yoga then um I was working in a gym and I walked past the studio and everyone was moving together. And I just thought that just looks so beautiful. And being kind of a hyperactive, a bit over the top person, I thought <laughs> I probably need that in my life. <laughs> so yeah, started doing the yoga and just loved it. Oh, wow. And then you trained as a physiotherapist or was that before the yoga? So that was, our, well, I just had started yoga and then um, I had gone traveling and came back and thought, you know what, I'm going to study physio. Mm. Um, and as soon as I graduated from physiotherapy, I then went and did my teacher training. Okay. Um, what point did you, sorry, Gornadzim, I'm asking all the questions. Like, did you do the, the physio bec 
because you thought it could add to yoga or at this point were they no, both, were they both separate things yoga. okay mm. yeah yeah I, w- I did not want to ever be a yoga teacher it wasn't the intention I went to physio because I thought again it's just an obsession the human body for me I, since I was little actually when I really back, yeah oh massively I remember my mom had this book about uh, reflexology and I looked at that book every single day as like a six-year-old every uh-huh. single day I just and I was like mom I just want to try out all the points on your feet oh, really? I, was like, I was just like since little um, and then I was working in the gym and I was not happy and my friend who was a physio that I'd, I'd made a friend who was a physio she was like why don't you do physio you love the body and we always have such good chats about it I was like, oh, no, dude, I dropped out of school at 16. There's no way I'm going to get in there. She went, you know what? Just try. Just see what happens. And so I blagged my way into university. That all ended up going fairly well. Um, And then after I took my student loan and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go traveling with my student because I'd saved it Mm. in a high interest bank. Wow. That is good of you. Yeah. I worked through university so I could pay everything. My parents also supported me. I'm not trying to make myself look like a, you know, super Mm. resourceful. My parents also gave me a lot of support. But, um, I took my student loan and then I went traveling with that money and and I went on my teacher training just for fun. But then when I came back, I had to try and look for physio work. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then I started teaching just for extra money. So just because... Oh. When people say don't get into yoga for the money, I'm like, Meh, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> yeah. But you, you love it as well, right? <laughs> so much. It was the best detour that could ever have happened Mm. at what point did you because you're all about hypermobility and helping people who are overly flexible so at what what point did you discover that you were hypermobile well this was the interesting thing I didn't know I was hypermobile I just thought I was flexible I didn't even understand the concept Mm. it was weird how little information even at university we were given and I just kept going back to the physio and it was weird because she just went, you do know you're hypermobile, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but what does that actually mean? Like, I didn't. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, there's so many hypermobile people around me. And if I was someone who had been given so much education around the body, couldn't piece the pieces of the puzzle together and kind of help myself, how many other people that had no education could have mm. done it? And then I was like, okay things have to change. <laughs> this is not working. Uh, and that's, yeah, voila, here I am. Wow. And yeah, with the hypermobility, can you actually, for the listener, just explain what it actually is in your terms? Because it's, it's thrown around really loosely. And I think sometimes people will diagnose themselves as hypermobile when actually they're just a little bit flexible. So can you, yeah, can you define flexibility versus hypermobility? So when you're hypermobile, you do have joints that are quite difficult to control. Um, You'll have additional symptoms that come along with that. So you'll have a really weird gut. You'll Mm. sometimes have fatigue. There'll be anxiety attached to it. And it's a spectrum disorder. So that's why it's so hard for people to self-diagnose or even for doctors to diagnose because Sometimes people will have a few joints that are very heavily affected. And sometimes people will have every part of the body that needs collagen will be affected. Mm. Um, And we sometimes fall in the spectrum. So some people will have a few joints where they really have problems um, and they can't control it. Whereas the opposite end of the spectrum will be EDS, which is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And this is where people will kind of wake up with a rib that has been dislocated or the retina of their eye displaces. Oh my gosh. Um, they have a lot of breathing difficulties. Um, 
uh, gut issues that are really severe. Uh, and and this is the weird thing is that it's so difficult because people are in the spectrum. So yes, it is tricky. One of the very vague um, diagnostic tools that we use, and I think what's so beautiful about it, even though it's not 100% uh, as rigorous as we'd like it to be, coming from the medical world, we'd like something a little bit more um, replicable. Mm. Uh, we have the Baton scale. And the Baton scale is where you could take your little fingers and bend them backwards. Um, you can take your thumbs and touch them to your forehead. Your elbows bend beyond 180. Your knees bend beyond 180. And your hands can touch the floor with your legs straight. And um, this is a really nice little scale because it's really easy to use. Mm. Yoga teachers can use it even if you haven't got a lot of medical knowledge. And you can figure out where you are on that scale. And how did, so when you increased your knowledge of this and kind of you realized it was something in you, how did that affect your teaching? Because of course in like a yoga class, especially in kind of the yang energy of London, mm. you know, people really desire to go deep and go into the big shapes, etc. Like did How did you then start to rein those people in or how did it affect your teaching? Well, well, massively I had to rein myself in because I come from being so inspired by going to Dharma classes and mm. like seeing these people around me doing these weird, amazing things with their body. And I was like, oh, I so badly want to do all that cool <laughs> stuff. And, you know, in my heart, I genuinely believe that if I can't do all that stuff, I wasn't going to be a good yoga teacher. Mm. So I was like, I've really got to push myself and push myself. And I just remember always walking out feeling really broken and really bad. And then thinking, oh, no, I just need to. I'm, I'm like a professional athlete and athletes go see the physio regularly. So I just need to keep seeing the physio. And the physio was just like, dude, why are you doing this? Mm. And then I was like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, okay. And I actually sat down with that physio. I actually uh, sat down with her. And we just went through everything in the way I was teaching it. And she was like, no, like this is, look at the evidence for this. And she really helped me peel back the layers. And then I was like, okay, massive change, massive change is coming. And then it was a really, it was like the death of my ego, but mm. it was so good at the same time. I really loved it. And it's weird because I'm going through the same thing now on the neurology course, because so much of what I've been sharing about biomechanics, I'm on the neurology course and they're like, you, can, you have to consider this now. And I'm like, oh my goodness, wow, huge paradigm shifts going through and i'm pretty sure that in the next 10 years or even five years or even less maybe even two years the same thing is going to happen again and that for me that's a sign of a good teacher yeah i was thinking yeah that, someone yeah. that is willing to change their opinion and say that thing i said two years ago oh fuck yeah <laughs> let's ignore that now <laughs> and let's <laughs> move, yeah and then move on but yeah that's a, that's a sign of a good teacher as far as i'm concerned not the teacher that's taught the same thing for 40 years mm. I mean, I just think that when I'm looking at the research coming out, it's, I mean, it's artwork that what the scientists are bringing us and to ignore it. Wow, what a shame. Mm. Yeah. And how did, because I guess you, you know, built, you, you built yourself, like every other teacher does, every other successful teacher builds their profile up by teaching a certain way and having a style. Like, this is what Celeste class is. This is what to expect from Celeste class. So how did you cope with that shift? Did it affect class numbers when you changed your teaching style? Were some students resistant to that? Like on a, on a practical level, what happened? Hmm. Uh, let me think. Well, I don't remember. I just remember the, the good, one of the good things about my personality is I'm just like, this is the way. Come on, come, come and join me. This is, come follow me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't, I don't let it bother me if people aren't into it. I'm just like, mm. whatever, bye. Yeah. <laughs> this, 
I was lucky because I had such beautiful people that stuck with me through yeah. the journey. Mm. And I, I just put all my focus on them and I, they got results and I could see people's bodies changing and I could see injuries, you know, sorting out. And I was like, fantastic. This is awesome. Let's <laughs> just put your focus on what's working. Because I think if you scatter your energy too much and you focus on all the people that aren't into what you mm. do and you're focused on all the different styles that you're trying to please and mm. you're trying to like weave it all together, I just, oh, so draining. You know, it's it's impossible. I was going to say, do you think it's almost part of the the journey of a yoga teacher to start at, you know, worrying about what everyone else is thinking and trying to get everyone to like you and please all of your students? And then you finally get to a point where you actually just don't care anymore. Is it almost part of the evolutionary process that you have to start in that place as a teacher almost? Did you did you find yourself there at the beginning? Yeah, for sure. And I think what you've just described is maturity, you know, and no matter what industry you're working in. Mm. Um, but I think for us, it's 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 like magnifying glasses placed over it because we're in an industry where we're in a leadership position. Yeah. We are given the opportunity to guide people. Mm. Um, and, and there's a lot of pressure put on yoga teachers because it's like the spiritual way of life. Like what intense, <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility. I'm giving is. you a way of life. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> let's just calm down for a second <laughs> and let's just call a spade a spade. Um, because, yeah, I just think it's a lot. There's a lot of pressure on yoga teachers, and they really want to do a good job. You know, the, one of the things I love about the fellow teachers in our industry is they, they just try so hard to do the right thing. Yeah. And then in the process, sometimes a little bit of them gets lost. And mm. to be fair, I think one of the things that inspired me was there was a yoga teacher. Did you guys ever go to Amy Poulton's yoga classes? No. I know, I know her. Amy. Amy. Yeah. <sighs> she was just unapologetically herself. I love people like that. And people loved it. Mm. And I was like, why am I trying to be this thing that I'm not? Mm. Why why don't I just, why am I not just, you know, wacky, loud, a bit over the top, talk really (laughs) fast, just just do you for a bit and let's see what happens. And it really worked. Yeah. It really worked. And then it was so liberating because all the people that aren't into your vibe yeah. yeah. drop away. Constantly, oh, it's so draining yeah. to like, be someone you're not all the time. Mm, question for you. You are a ray of sunshine. You're always so, I've never, ever seen you have an off day. You always seem so positive. Is Do you find that difficult sometimes? Because I'm, I'm quite similar in that I'm generally a positive person. That's what I'm sort of known for. But sometimes I do struggle because I think, oh, I have to put on this positive front because people rely on me to be that person. So it doesn't always give you much space as a teacher to kind of just you know have an off day so how do you how do you deal with that because I'm guessing you do have off days yeah of course <laughs> I do I always have off days it's funny in my per- I'm not saying everyone can do this okay this is definitely my personality I get a lot of excitement around other people mm. like when I'm, I'm like I'm a new person <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I, and, and I forget I forget momentarily whatever it is going on with me if they ask me I, I'm really okay with sharing if something isn't 100% and I probably am more okay now that I'm older but also I'm not teaching so many classes anymore so mm. it's easier when I, when I was teaching like 20 classes a week you do have to put on that professional mm. you know I'm calling it a front and that makes it sound like a bad thing. But in some ways, you're doing a job. You it know? is in a way. Yeah. And it's almost more draining kind of going into details. If something shit is happening in your mm. life, like, how are you? It's easy to just be like, yeah, good. <laughs> just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? totally. Yeah, but no, I'm really good at being open with my friends and my family. And and the great thing about life is it's always changing. And let's be honest, I've had a very easy life. 
you know, the, even the struggles I've had are minuscule in comparison to what other people have to go through. So it's all good. Oh, bless you. In, in terms of your, your like timeline now, like, so you physio, became a teacher, taught more, became a successful teacher. How long were you doing that teaching loads of classes phase? Mm. And then what was the evolution to where you are now, which is, I guess, teaching less classes, writing and doing other projects? Like, what was the evolution and was there direction to it or did it just kind of happen? I'm very reactive in the way I run my business. It's a huge area of growth for me. But um, one of my strengths is that I just know how to really push in a direction for what I want. So if there's something I can see as a, as a, um, I can see, oh, that's a good direction to go in. I'm good at just moving in that direction without thinking, mm. um, kind of just plowing ahead with it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because sometimes people who plan and can be really strategic I think they can do really really well I struggle with that it's definitely something I want to try and get better at and so when you're asking me on timelines I'll struggle with that I'm not great at remembering the timelines of things um, but I always knew that it's unsustainable to teach as many classes as I was teaching um, and I knew I had to transition into some kind of business model that would earn me money while I'm sleeping. I mm. always knew that that's something I wanted. And to be honest with you guys, um, I created the online yoga program with Adele uh, for hypermobility. Um, and COVID came. Mm. And COVID, for all its woes, helped me and my business transition from um, – I always wanted to have more of an online, uh, the weight in my business mm. to be more online. And COVID helped me make that shift. Mm. And I was very afraid before. I felt like if I wasn't going into studios and earning money from studios and private clients that I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a good, bad situation to be in. It gave you the nudge. Mm -hmm. were, there, were there any stressful times along the way? Yeah, huge stress, huge, huge stress. I mean, this year has been a lot of work. I have, I've worked <laughs> disgusting amount. <laughs> <laughs> I just took two weeks off and it yeah. was so amazing to take a break because this year has been full on. I know I said to Adam, I was like, because I was uh, I was stalking you a little bit on Instagram. I was like, and well, actually Adam said, oh, let's ask um, Celeste to be on the podcast. So I was looking at you on Instagram. I was, I was like, where's she gone? She hasn't been online for ages. And then you, you messaged me back like a week later saying you'd had a two week Instagram break. And do you know what? You have given me the permission to do the same thing and I'm going to do well, it on you, Monday over Christmas. Did you physically go away or was it just in London chilling? was in London chilling. Mm. <laughs> I was just in London chilling. Why not? You deserve you know it. what I did? I organised all the files on my computer. Oh, oh I'd love to do that. Oh, oh, that gets me going. <laughs> oh, I started doing my phone on the tube, like just deleting photos oh, on my phone. It's, it's so, so satisfying. satisfying. My phone, yeah. I organised my photos. I organised my notes folder. Man, I went into organization mode. I Marie Kondoed my cupboard. Oh, let me oh. flip it open. Sorry, <laughs> I just realized it's open in the background. Yeah, you did that on purpose. It looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Show us your wardrobe. <laughs> Sometimes I sleep with it open just to admire my... Or <laughs> <laughs> your rolled up socks. <laughs> what, I need to read this what, book. What strategies did you have when you're managing all that stress of beyond taking the two weeks off, like while you're in it, like working intensively as anyone building a business needs to, like, what were your strategies? Was it rolling out the mat? 
Was it listening to like Christmas no, music? I didn't have any. I wish I could be one of those yoga teachers that tells you how good I was and I, you know, had all this balance and blah blah blah. But <laughs> it all went out the window. Oh, just just alcohol. Just alcohol and. <laughs> no, I, don't drink, I, don't, no. I, I do. I do drink alcohol, but I find it really difficult because I don't know. I don't process it well. I get very tired very quick. I imagine you. Be- um, we are gonna pause a second for an interval. Okay. No, no, no interval. <laughs> it's the interval. It's the Amazon man. Celeste, so, so sing, sing us a Christmas carol. <laughs> While the, I just open the, the doorbell. Yeah, the Amazon man has a delivery <laughs> first. Adam, sing a Christmas carol. You're, you've got your online stuff with Holly. Um, Home of the Hustlers. Home of the Hustlers. How? We also mm. we also have an OnlyFans called In Bed with the Hustlers. <laughs> Are we recording this? No, of course this? we don't. Of course <laughs> don't. Do you want my big bed? Get them in there. They'll all fit. Everyone. Every single person. <laughs> right, let's go. Over to no, so no, no OnlyFans. OnlyFans isn't a thing. Uh, well, no, it is a thing, but we're not on it yet. But what, I've, I missed the conversation. So home with about. hustlers is yeah, is our little platform. And what's what? I guess what you got to find a niche, don't you, in this online world now? And I think our niche is just making like high quality, as in like 4K resolution, good sound, but just loads of consistent informal classes. So they, you know, they've got good lighting and all that jazz, but we will just film them in one go, put them online, and then the next. And so it just means we can produce so much content consistently that for people outside, it feels like they're practicing with me. Mm. And I feel that's quite a contrast to, you know, the ones I've filmed like you have for like Udaya, which are like mm. massive, massive production costs, but takes so long to edit. And mm. then by the time they come out, maybe they're less relevant to you. Uh, so, I agree. Yeah. So I think- 100%. I, but, and then I guess what you're doing is far more targeted. You know, you're creating very specific content. So I think, yeah, I think everyone needs to find their niche at this point mm. i think that that's such valuable information i really hope that lots of yoga teachers are listening to this what you just said you have to find your niche and i think part of that is really understanding who you are as a person and really understanding that sentence i use it always when i'm mentoring people i'm like what keeps you awake at night mm-hmm. like figure out what is that thing that you're so passionate about that if god forbid you had to die tomorrow you'd look down and you'd be like i didn't tell them about the ujjayi bread ah, you know? <laughs> they're still doing it <laughs> like for me as soon as i like i was like why why are people not talking about this like mm. i knew that if i didn't get that information out of me i would regret it you know like that kind of level of passion mm. for what you do i think is missing a little bit sometimes for people it comes back to what you were saying about being leaders because you take information and you're not scared to kind of share new information and what you found about the Ujjayi breath that you were talking about. You you don't you don't do it anymore, do you? Because you, you felt like oh. it just doesn't work for you and it caused you throat problems, which is similar to me as well. And I think so valuable that you put that video out and um, open people's eyes to a different way. Yeah, thank you for being in my video, Holly. <gasps> Thanks for asking speak, me. Speak about that a little bit. <laughs> speak about the Ujjayi breath. Yeah. Mm. So I had, um, I was again, it was just my own little fears. I was like, I'm not going to think I'm a good teacher if I can't do the Ujjayi breath. So I really used to push it. And um, I was really turning into Tony Braxton day after day. <laughs> and I decided to go and seek out help from a vocal coach. And he was like, don't do that. Don't do that to your throat. Like that's really unnatural form of breath. And he is such an amazing person. Like the way he explained the anatomy to me, it just clicked. It made so much sense. He's like, just breathe. You don't need to do any of that stuff. And I just felt good and my voice improved and um, and yeah, you know, it came back a little bit recently. I think because I was teaching online, I felt I really had to like talk loud and, you know, burr. and then and then I, I decided I need to go back and see him. I did an online session with him and um, I'm just quickly 
going to charge one of these because she's gone love... <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, i'm it. just quickly charging one of my airpods <laughs> um so basically i went to back to see him and he did again vocal work with me and we spoke about the ujjayi breath again and i was like i need to do a video about this i need to talk about this because it's something i'm so passionate about sharing because lots of people had written to me after that post and they'd been like i didn't understand why i had a persistent cough why i was losing my voice why i was um struggling with anxiety you know and and since i've just gone back to a more natural rhythm with my breathing all those symptoms had improved other people i have to be honest and say other people said no celeste ujjayi breath helped me mm. i had xyz issue and ujjayi breath so i'm a very i come across as very black and white but i do realize there are many shades of gray mm. and obviously if something's working for you keep doing it 100% even if you know if shoulders away from ears is your jam you do that man <laughs> it's all good but given the knowledge i have of course i'm going to fly the flag of you know shoulders up that's just one very random example mm. i'm throwing into the mix to illustrate i do come across as a very black and white person but i totally if something works for you and you've got your own way just go for it yeah totally agree so how has teaching do you still teach online then regular classes are you doing zoom classes and how's that been for you over lockdown have you enjoyed it to be doing it online rather than in class in real in real life person um a part of me misses the in person stuff mm. but i'm so grateful hey in a time when so many people can't earn um i've got a really great little online weekly i do one week one class a week um and i have a really consistent group of amazing people that keep showing up and it's just fantastic to see them every week i i feel like i said just beyond grateful mm. that i can keep earning during this difficult time yeah that's so nice what tell, tell i'm intrigued by all your new skills of like videography and stuff so you <laughs> so like, like, like most people like on instagram you know yeah, people put so photos good. on and i'm kind of still at that stage part of it is laziness like I'm sure I could teach myself, but I just still images, cool, the odd story. I like filming long form classes, but you kind of started to like edit these videos that are like cool, and like snipping in and out. Were these skills that like someone taught you? Did you teach yourself? What made you shift in that direction to what you were doing previously, which was, you know, cool poses, static? Um, I just realized that people weren't really engaging with content in the way it was being created and I use Instagram as a marketing tool um but I also felt that Instagram was a really amazing educational tool mm. and I felt like the two could really meet in the middle and could support each other and I I taught myself how to edit the videos I just used my phone I do it all on my phone from beginning to end um apart from the subtitles I'll use my laptop for the subtitles and that's the only part that I um will upload it for um and yeah I just thought it could be a quite a fun way to get information across and what I realized was that people's attention spans are quite short but what I had to share was actually quite detailed and I needed people to stay on the video for a bit longer and if it was just me talking at the camera I did get really good engagement for it it wasn't like it bombed but I also felt like it wasn't giving people the full picture I feel like sometimes interspersing it with some cutaways or images can really help enhance someone's learning um and it also does make it a bit easier to stick through because if it's like a 5 minute video it's hard to stay on that video for a full 5 minutes mm. so it just makes it a little bit easier for people and what in terms of you you said you're black and white you said you like with things 
you must have then, of course, had some criticism. I was just about to of say course, that. People, yeah. people will have the other opinion. Mm. Uh, and I guess you might have had criticism in, in, for various various things on the yoga path. How have you dealt with that? Do you know, it is what it is. That doesn't faze me too much because I just think we're all doing our best. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, doing their thing. I might change my mind and then be like, oopsie daisy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they might change their mind and think, mm. oopsie daisy later on, whatever. Like, it just makes you real, doesn't it, if you're changing your mind? No one's perfect. Yeah, no one's perfect. And also, um, I can only do what I can do with what I've got right now. Mm. And so what I've got is this information and it's helping me and it's helping the people I'm working with. So I wanted to maybe try it on some more people. So I'm going to share that. And if someone's like, no, wrong because of X, Y, Z, whatever. Cool, man. Then it's wrong. Whatever. (laughs) You're so chilled. I love it. (laughs) I was just going to say, what advice would you give to teachers that are coming out now to new teachers? It's a really tough time for new teachers because it's an incredibly saturated market Mm. and it's getting it's it's a really tough time I guess the important thing is maybe going back to what you guys both said is just really know your niche like what Mm. direction do you want to take things in and don't teach your teacher training don't teach the same old boring stuff like oh yeah think use your intelligence your creativity like step out of what everybody else is churning out all the Mm. time you know if I have to do another warrior one, warrior two, reverse warrior class, <laughs> why? Why you got? Why? Why are people teaching this? Like, surely there's more. Mm. And it's different if like one or two times you teach that, but people are teaching that every single week. Why would someone choose your class if you're doing that every week? I could. There's a million people doing that. Mm. You know, like, what is it that you could share that could differentiate what you do? What? Whose classes do you go to? And why do you go to those people's classes? Like, what is it that brings you back? One of the things I did as soon as I graduated is I was like, whose classes have I been to? I'd made a list. And what did I love about each person's classes? Mm. And I was like, I'm going to make a class of all the things I loved. That's great. As opposed to my teacher training. Because yes, your teacher training has value, but it's a starting point. It's not the finish line. Like you Mm. need to move on from that shit eventually. That's so refreshing because I think it, you can really easily fall into the, <clears throat> sorry fall into the trap of thinking oh this is the structure this mm. is how I need to do it because that's what you're told and you don't want to go outside of the lines so it's really nice to know that you well you feel you can <clears throat> do that I, I think the biggest danger as well as that is actually the biggest danger is how you teach rather than what so let's let's talk about weightlifting <laughs> you know the, the the Olympic lifts you know they're, they're, there's not an infinite number there's a few set Olympic lifts. But there, you know, people still teaching that, but people teach in entirely different ways, of course. And you know, some teachers will teach a class based on just Olympic lifting, or teach sessions based on that, because of what they're conveying, the passion, the energy, the education they're giving. So, kind of my belief is, you can. St- I think you should adapt what you teach, of course, and it should evolve. But I think teachers need to not parrot their teachers as well, and not just teach in the same way without questioning, and actually bring yeah. a little bit, of their, a little bit of their story to how they teach or like you said with Amy bringing her personality to that completely and that I think makes a massive difference as well and also just putting some effort in like I think one of the reasons my classes did well is because I really put a lot of time into the preparation and Mm. you know when I say that sometimes people turn their nose up like they're like oh you're not reading the room because you know you you, how can you read the room (laughs) I'm like well actually 
it's in heightened my ability to read the room because I come with a plan and that plan I'm not attached to guys of course mm. it can mold and change and adapt but the thing is like when you have a plan you step out of your head and worrying about what comes next and you step into mm. people's bodies and you really start to adapt things depending on what you're seeing yeah and I felt that um, another little added layer of uh, magic was just putting time into thinking about what is it that I want to share that's helped me. So I listened to loads of podcasts and sometimes I'd listen to one of my favorites was Ted radio hour and they'd have these incredible people. Like this one guy was Boyd Bardi and you know, he, he grew up in Londolosi game reserve and there's so many rich gems in that class. I wanted to share a few of those mm. things in my class and I'd really put time to figure out how it would fit in the class and how it would weave into the sequence and how this playlist would, you know, all of that was art because it takes a long time to to get the continuity right. But I was so proud of those classes. And I think that other people felt that that mm. energy and that time and dedication had been put into it. And um, I think that's one of the reasons it ended up doing well. Mm. I really like what you Love said that. there about almost you need to understand the rules to then break the rules. Or you need yeah. to actually create a sequence and then deviate from it. I, I say something similar in my sequencing trainings. Like, at the end of the training, I'll say, all that stuff I said, the more experience you get, the more competent you are at actually making up as you go along mm. to some degree. Mm. But it's important you actually have a sequencing strategy. You've actually put an effort into planning the class and then you can adapt based on the person who's injured. But then once you really know what you're doing, I say you can actually look at the room and you're not trying, you're not mm. trying to constantly remember the thing or constantly think, oh, is that person smiling when I get them to reverse a warrior or are they frowning? <laughs> is that person just got a resting angry face or they're not enjoying <laughs> class? And should I change class? Because, oh, I can tell that it's six o'clock and people might be tired. And I'm like, no. <laughs> they might be pumped. Yeah, people work all day, every day. You know, some people might be about to go to work. You have to just have your thing, mm. plan it, yeah. teach it, and then deviate as you see fit during as it. you see fit. And I was like, I want to do this. So I'm going to do it. And then if I'm in the room and everyone's like lying on their back dying, I'm like, should I turn it down, guys? They're like, yes. yes. <laughs> Whatever. Then you turn it down. But like, I think having a plan is what brought people back to my class because I've changed my sequence quite creatively every week and people were excited about mm. And I still now, a large percentage of the tickets that I sell for my online class don't show up for the live almost 70% of people will mm. just buy the recording. And I think it's because they want to see my sequencing. Mm. They want to see how I fit the theme into the sequence, into the playlist and weave it all together. Because a lot of energy goes into yeah. making that, you know, good. That's a real that's a real skill, I think, to come up with a theme, to work out how you can relate it to the asana and then weave it all together and keep the theme going throughout the class. I think that is, that's a real skill, yeah. And even actually the, creating the title is a real skill. Because I, I, I have a new I'm rubbish at that. I have a new sequence each week, very different. And let's say I'm teaching Hanumanasana. Now, I might, through the course of a year, teach 10 classes focused on Hanumanasana. Each one of them a completely different sequence. Mm. But I can't, I don't know how to give them a different title except Hanumanasana or Bakulet. Yeah. I don't know what else to call them to make them sound different. But that's a real skill. What, what kind of stuff do you... I guess you yeah, add... I do have the same challenge. Like, for example, I'm like into biomechanics, right? So I'm like glutes. And they're all different. And every theme is like wildly different, but somehow weaves in. But it's like, 
glutes. <laughs> I've got the same so challenge. So is that what you call it? So when you're like advertising your class for that week, you're like, this is a glute, a glute focused glute class. class. Yeah, welcome to glutes. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like, I don't know, or, you know, the core slash TBA yeah. slash pelvic floor be there. <laughs> so you're, you're sound super busy, but one class a week. So like what kind of stuff is filling your time and how do you manage that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been on holiday for the last three weeks because I have just had the one class a week and I've taken two weeks off. Um, but before that, you know, it sounds like, okay, just one class a week, but then the marketing that goes mm. into that, Instagram takes up way more time than it should. And I think that's why I took the two weeks off from it because, yeah, just managing all the DMs and all the comments and creating the content I mean, it takes a whole day to make a video. The videos that you guys see takes a whole day. Really? Yeah, a whole day. Wow. What, the ones you put on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Wow. A whole, day, a whole day on my own, and mm. I make it from beginning to end. And then once I post it, then I have to start managing the information that comes to mm. me in terms of feedback or comments. And then I'm on top of that. So it can sometimes be a day and a half of work with just one post. Mm. And then I also write an email blog every week. Um, and of course, I mean, you guys know better than anyone. We have events on the side of things. Mm. I know that obviously our events have been sort of cancelled, but we have to also manage the admin around those cancellations. I do everything myself. Um, and then there's, I don't know, gosh, what do I do with my time? <laughs> That's such a good. I always you, feel like I'm so busy, but it's such a good question. Do you we practice? You're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> do you practice oh, still? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. I, yeah. Every day I'm busy. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But so what I have the, to because right, what, is, what are the strategies you have for like managing managing all those diverse things do you have do you like diarize this is video day this is like no. Instagram time no I'm very reactive in the way I run my business I wake up and I'm like I haven't made a video Let's get <laughs> okay quickly made the video out okay what do I have to do oh my god I can write an email okay here we go da, 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 da. out <laughs> email okay what's next Oh my god! Make the sequence. I wish yeah, I wish everyone could see Celeste right now. She's just this little spark of energy. I love it, <laughs> moving all over the place. What What about the future, Celeste? What have you got uh, in in your vision for the future? What's coming up for you? Um, I have recorded my anatomy course for yoga teachers. Um, now that I'm going through my neurology course, there's a few things I need to change and tweak. So, um, probably January, February, I'll do a whole separate set of filming. Then it has to go back into editing process. And then hopefully release that maybe in the summertime next year. Um, and then, of course, the book is coming out in April, May. Um, I've got a couple more programs I'm releasing with Adele. One is on glutes, Rue. Um, <laughs> the other one was Yoga with Weights. So actually doing a little kettlebell mm. um, sequence. Um, and so I'm excited about those products getting released. Um, I, to be honest with you, it's a really good question because I've always been someone who's been very clear about where I'm going, but I feel like I'm almost where I've always wanted to be. Aww. So it's an interesting mind space to be in because now I'm like, okay, so I've arrived in some ways um, and it maybe doesn't look exactly how I envisioned it, but it's great and I'm so happy. And so now it's just about kind of sitting down, taking stock and kind of thinking about what the mm. next step is. But, you know, sometimes it's good not to have a goal. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Like what is, on, on that note, like what is wealth for you? Yeah, you know, and that is something that, again, you know, my ego brain has always been like really into figuring out how can I monetize what I'm doing so that I can have uh, a good life. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, the, 
I've got such a good life because I'm so lucky. You know, my parents helped Dan and I buy the flat that we live in and we love living here so much. Dan is such an amazing partner to me. We're so happy. We're always laughing. I've got great people in my life, friends and family. And really, when you boil it down to the essentials of what happiness is, that's it. That's all you need, you know. And obviously, a bonus on top of that is to put a little bit of money away for a pension or a rainy day. And that's, you know the side goals, but to be doing a job every day with a passion, be having a passion and then working in that, that's wealth. Yeah. That's yeah. the definition of wealth. To have to wake up every day and do a job that you don't truly want to do, that's very difficult. And mm. I'm fully aware of the privileged position I'm in. Mm. Mm, that's so nice. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think when you're younger, I'm not saying you're old or we're old, but when, when you're younger, you're kind of like, you're like, there is just a never-ending thing you want to work towards it's just success 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 and it's it's how would you describe it it's kind of hedonic adaptation isn't it so we just need something else we need something else to satisfy that need and then something else and something else Mm. you get used to it they need more and i think Mm. it sounds like we're in the same place that we've got like well for what is our kind of dream house now and we're like okay well the mortgage is an amount of money that we can kind of afford a month and we've got some nice furniture and we've got a garden. Mm. And like, what, what else do we really want? Do we need to try and earn double our salary? Yeah, exactly. Do we need that? Or could we just be like, okay, like doing what we're doing, earning mm. what we're earning and just having what we have? It's really, yeah. you, you come to a really interesting point, don't you, at some point, especially when you're in the in the position where you have someone you love a lot who's around you. Mm. I think, it's, Yeah, it's such a privilege. Isn't it the best? Yeah. We're so lucky, hey. Mm. Um, but I also, the thing is, it's an interesting one because I think I grew up watching my parents work so hard and sacrifice so much and I guess a big part of me always wanted to work hard so I could give them some of what they've oh, given me yeah. and I, I think also I I saw how much struggle they had to go through and I was like you know what if I'm smart I could use my talent and my skill so that I don't have to struggle in the same way when I'm their age mm. and so you know these are in some ways very superficial but in other ways they're healthy drivers um so I think just whatever, you know, if you're one of those people that wants to move forward towards something, I say go for it because you everyone's got these amazing things inside them. And I think if there's something that's driving you to get it, that, that talent and that skill and that uh, magic outside of you and share it with the world, go for it. Mm. We're going to do some quick fire questions now. Yeah, it's gone so quickly as always. Worst bit of, worst bit of advice you've had in the industry. Ooh. Oh. Worst bit of advice. That is... <laughs> it's putting you on the spot a bit, isn't it? Yeah. What is advice I've, I've been given that was not good? Oh, man. You, you can pass not... if you don't have any. Can, can I say advice that was good? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a studio owner once sat me down and he said, how many classes are you teaching a week? And I said, 22. And he said, it's too many. And I said, why? He goes, because the way you'll build success is you show up early and leave late. And you take time to talk to people before and after. Mm. And those words really stuck with me. And I was like, I need to make some changes so I can make that happen. And I think I've built a lot of rapport with people doing that. That's really nice advice. But not names. Sorry to but, your but, question. But not names. <gasps> I'm so bad at names. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I'm, I'm just, you I, are I, as well. You're terrible. I, I can see someone and be like, I taught you somewhere in the world. I don't even know what country I taught you in. Because I guess we get that because you teach internationally as well and you, people randomly turn up in London. And you're like, yeah. I, I know you from somewhere. I don't know what country, but I remember that you were really open in the hamstrings. 
And like I remember <laughs> just the most obscure <laughs> points about them. Or so, or I remember you 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 like anterior tilting warrior too, don't you? Like really significantly. <laughs> you two anatomy geeks. <laughs> On that note, what's your next question, Holly? Do you have a favourite Christmas song? All I want for Christmas is you. And we got a song from her. Except your giant bed. What's your best like recent purchase? Maybe kind of work related or something <laughs> on, like life related. But it's not too expensive. Recently, that's not too expensive. Do you know what, guys? I went to get my eyes tested the other day and I realized just how much I need to wear glasses all the time. So I've got myself some new frames. That was a good investment. I love and you know what's so sad is because I've been looking at my, my devices too much since first lockdown mm. but it was good to kind of get my eyes tested properly and spend money on a good couple of pairs of frames and contacts and i'm at that point now where i'm spending money on contacts and i'm thinking <laughs> it's a good purchase <laughs> oh, life is sad. 37 <laughs> 37 now that's what it's all about <laughs> any so, but listen i'm always a bit shy to spend money so i spend a bit of extra money on my frames and i'm really happy with them and they look lovely thanks babe <laughs> Final one. Any kind of motto or quote that means something to you or that gets you going? Oh, do you know what? The one that always comes to mind is you make a living by what you get, but you build a life by what you give. Mm. Oh, say again. Like say again. One. What was that? You you make a living by what you get, but you build a life by what you give. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's lovely. I've got goosebumps. That's a lovely. And then now, just finally, not a question. What do you want people to know about you, your social media, your oh, books? Yeah, where things, can people find you? Things to buy. Oh, mm, things to buy. I mean, look, if you are someone and you're listening and you enjoy learning about neuroscience and anatomy, it would be awesome to see you in my weekly classes they're going to move from the saturday this will be my last saturday this week which i think is after this podcast gets released so it's going to be on thursdays moving forward it'll be amazing to see some of you guys there um i've obviously got my little book coming out it's available for pre-order on my website but other than that just you know use your time to do stuff that makes you happy you know life's short so if you've got some extra cash and makes you happy to i don't know eat croissants you do that oh yeah instagram and website what are they again oh celeste Pereira yoga and celeste Pereira. yeah Perfect. funny spelling celeste no e on the end if you just google that with I, yoga i kind of want to say periera when i see your name i know Perriera. i'm so dyslexic it took me a long time to learn how to write my own surname. <laughs> <laughs> the e and the i oh my god Where, what what's the what's the roots of it the surname dad was born in Mozambique which was a Portuguese colony and um, yeah it's Portuguese Portuguese. Mm. so it's a Portuguese surname Mm. and he moved to South Africa and met my mom and that's where I grew up Mm. Celeste was born thank you so much Celeste thank you for your time as always and have a lovely Christmas thank you same to you thank you both for having me and thank you to all the listeners for listening just appreciate all of you guys so much honestly unbalanced